Well, But, um, it, yeah. it will keep all those nice sponsorship deals away yeah, for, for sure. But, I mean, they, it, it, keeps, it keeps the art pure. Absolutely. Don't sully ourselves with dirty corporate money. Unless, of course, they give us shitloads, which... Your first demo was the best ever. <laughs> This is the Very Finnish Problems podcast with Joel Willems. Find us at facebook.com slash veryfinishproblems. For links to some of the things we discuss on the show and to learn how you can get new episodes directly to your smartphone, please visit veryfinishproblems.com. In fact, the first one we did was actually about when winter tries to kill you. Yes. And the one reason I'm slightly late today is because it literally is, it has literally become that moment. I mean, it's like the whole world is just caked in ice and it's incredibly slow. But today in, uh, hello, yeah, Joel. Yes, Williams. well, hello, yes, hello. <laughs> hello, yes, hello, Joel, it's great, very fresh problems. Once again, reunited with my partner in crime, Thomas Newberry. Newberry. Yes. Um, who's been, we've been, I think it's been November, wasn't it? The last. I have no idea. Miles man. ago, anyway. And today we have a special guest, Sammy Haikyo. And typically I pronounce people's names wrong, but I think I got yours right, didn't I? That's without the dots. So, <laughs> I was hey, 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 oh, fuck. I was really convinced I'd nailed that today. But, but and uh, yeah, we, we're going to talk today about problem 20 uh, in, a, in the old book, 101 Very Finished Problems, The Foreigner's Guide to Surviving in Finland, when people think Moomin is a spooky hippo. And so, so, so wait, Joel, okay, so you have, that, that is the old book, but it's, 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 book. it's in a like, nice, very affordable looking yeah, format. Yeah, it's in paperback, because the paperback. hardback's coming mm. out. So yeah, Valentine's coming out. This is no way this is coming out before Valentine's Day. But if it were, this would be a good friend's present. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yes. Very reasonably priced now as well. Huh. Uh, and the reason Sami is here is because he's a renaissance man who's you know got a long and glorious career in music pop star radio uh working for the business fit well perhaps you can introduce what you've done and what your your relationship to japan and the connection with with and the reason we're doing japan is because movement japan but yeah maybe you can talk about how you're connected to japan and finland okay maybe i will i would i could easily say that uh, since 2007 i've been to japan with 50 Finnish metal bands <laughs> and, and with at least 50 Finnish lifestyle brands, wow. meaning fashion and design brands from Finland. That's crazy. I didn't even know 50 Finnish metal bands. Yes, yes. Really? Are they all massive <laughs> over there? Well, not all massive, but still so very popular. And and uh, well, I don't want to jump into your introduction, but uh, okay, well, I'll hold that question if you want to carry on about. Yeah, so you've done that, and w- w- why do you think 50, why do you think metal bands are so popular in Japan? Because they're quite. A, I've, I've been to Tokyo once, and I loved it, but they don't they don't seem like the sort of people who would be really into like sort of thrash metal. I, I think it all goes back to 80s. Uh-huh. So the very classic Finnish band Hanna Rocks. All right, yeah, okay. They, they were they were kind of the not not even kind of, but they were. 
lot, lot of people say that they were the first international rock band to really break through no way. In, in Japan. So, so of course they were popular here and quite big in U- US, UK, but but Japan was the biggest place for them. And and Michael Monroe still is. He's a hero the, there, isn't he? He's a hero. Still. Would he get mobbed if he walked down the street? Yeah, <laughs> he's quite. A, he's yes, quite. A, he stands yes. out in a crowd, doesn't yes. he? So yeah, yes. that's crazy. Because when I was a kid, there was a band in my, my uh, the biggest band from Sudbury, the small town in Suffolk I come from, was a sort of like a rock band called Blue Blood. Yeah, <laughs> great. And we, people used to say, "When uh, you know, are you famous?" They said, "We're we're big in Japan." <laughs> it's like it was impossible to verify because Japan could have been the moon as far as we were concerned. But so Hanai Rocks was the band. Uh, presumably, Thomas, huge fan of Hanai Ro- Rocks. Uh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite interested, intrigued to hear that because you've added quite a few of your records to our Ink Tank media playlist and it's a lot more eclectic yes, than I would um, ever imagine. So I, I mean, I listen to a lot of music, but, but uh, like this sort of 80s like glam thing. It's I don't know. I mean, it's it's mainly not my thing. I mean, it's not it's not super offensive to me or anything. It's just like uh, I don't really get the groove. I don't think I've never. I don't think I know a single Hanai Rocks. Ch- would I know one if they were played? Maybe you would recognise the hair or the, <laughs> so, or the so, clothes. So, so they set the they set the standard. And was did people know, do you think that people knew they were Finnish or how was the Finnishness a thing? Yeah, but uh, still, Hannah Rocks. That's not even metal music on on today's terms. But uh, I think they kind of opened the doors for long hair boys from from Finland. <laughs> and, and, and then in the, in the nineties, uh, much more like. Um, educated metal bands started up here who, uh-huh. who played really well and all, all the Japanese people they always respect if some someone is technically really good right okay uh, and the, typically the Finnish metal bands are technically very good that they play re- super fast and uh, really well so they appreciate that right that's interesting but, plus the Japanese people they they always stick to something what they like. Okay, so they're faithful. So, so they're very faithful, very loyal to the band. So that that makes the same bands go over and over. They're like so. So when you say they're loyal, does that mean a fifteen-year-old Japanese Thomas Newberg? I don't know what they what the Japanese equivalent of your name would be. Don, Don yeah, Newberg, I have no idea. idea. Would he Tomoko. still? <laughs> Tomoko-san. Yes. Let's, let's. You can, I mean, it's little. You could you could do the Japanese like, almost. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but uh, does that mean the 15 year old Thomasan would he still be a like 50 year old Thomasan would he does, is it are they faithful in the sense that they carry on for decades would you get the same yes, pe- so yeah. I, uh-huh. I cannot guess your age but if you are 35 year old now you would yeah. still go to see your favourite bands yeah today uh-huh. <laughs> okay. fair enough yeah, yeah that's yeah. interesting so yeah. that's a great I can see why the bands would keep going back yes. and does Hanoi Rocks keep going back or do they they don't exist anymore do they, they don't exist anymore exist. But, but Michael Monroe sure goes, goes there every, every couple of years right okay and so you talk about like uh, you've taken you've taken fifty bands, to, which is just a, an incredible image. Yeah. <laughs> was that? It wasn't at the same time, was it? No, no, no. no, no. So typically, you no, take what ten or well, typically we, we used used to do shows for four or five Finnish bands at, uh-huh. at a time. So it, it was a. And the funny thing is that in in Japan the concerts they start really early. <laughs> so, so a couple of times I, I've been in a in a metal show at two p.m. <laughs> so starting in the afternoon and there's like super act and super act number two and three and four and then comes the main act and then the whole thing is over at 
8 p.m. And <laughs> then, then everybody takes the metro and goes back home. <laughs> to their mom and dad. Yes. <laughs> so I guess it's for teenagers playing hooky, I guess. No, that it's not the reason, but uh, but somehow, especially on the, on the weekend, the shows that's just start really it's early. It's the weekend okay, as well. Weekend. It's not even okay. like weekday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah okay. we, we weekdays typically the show time is like six p.m., seven p.m. Oh, it's later oh, okay. in the week. Everyone's at work. Yeah, right. it's, it's still yeah. still too early for salaryman. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh well. So that's crazy. So they, <laughs> it's like a sort of matinee show for kids, but but it's not. It's adults going there yes. in the weekend. Yes, yes, and. Um, so when you've taken these bands, you've had these shows. Have they been like proper, like big? Was it where would they play and what? Because what, presumably, presumably nobody knows them. It's it's all sizes. That um, maybe the biggest show I've been to was with Nightwish, oh, right. with, well, they, with yeah, some two two thousand people at right, okay. uh, in, in a huge club. But typically, it's like five hundred right, to okay. eight hundred. Yeah, it's, it's like selling out Davos. The and, and what's, what's what's the Japanese crowd? Do they go do they go mad at metal? Would they? They're super polite. That's like <laughs> polite like um, like before the curfew go goes off. Everybody's quite quiet and yeah. really nice. But then in between the songs, everybody's just super super loud. And oh, right, so they go for it. It's like yeah, you yeah, a yeah, yeah. And, and a couple of times when I've seen like an unknown band playing in Japan for the first time. There's like mosh pit going on in after 30 seconds. That's the first song. <laughs> so they're really into it. Yeah, Because, yeah, you yeah. know, they're paying quite high prices for the, for the shows that that I, I would say that typically the ticket price for a rock concert in Japan is twice more than oh, in, right, in Europe. No way. So well, it's, even it's for like, unknown bands. Yeah, it's like six, 7,000 yen, what is like uh-huh. 50 euros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is that, you think? It's just everything's so expensive in okay. Tokyo that, uh, first of all, the, all, all, the, all the locations are super, super expensive. So if you hire a club for to host a concert in, in one night, I, I cannot say how much it is, but, but it's shit. It, okay, it's but it also, so it's real So the rents are high. Mm-hmm. And whatever you do in Japan, there's always like three times more people working than in Europe. Like, like you have seen the maybe the, the uh, trains, uh, yeah, trains, and uh, if there's like some traffic work in Tokyo, there's always like 15 two, 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 people, 15 people show showing these uh, lightsabers and uh, <laughs> uh, telling how the traffic should go. It's, so it's, it's the same thing at, at the venue. So if if you go to set up a concert, there's always like ten technicians taking, no taking care that everything is That's properly really done. Interesting. I didn't know that. I just read an article the other day in like Guardian, I think Guardian Weekly or something, about how, you know, Japan is famous for its sort of like really strict immigration laws and doesn't let, ever let anyone in. I think the only people like they've got quite a big Korean population, but they're not even citizens. And now they're trying they're changing that. They're inviting like four hundred thousand people to come and work there because unemployment is so low. They haven't got enough people for jobs, mm. but maybe it's something to do with the fact yes, they have fifteen yes. people doing yes, a job. Yes. One person can do, so that's interesting. I didn't realize that. I just thought that was like a yeah, just like a road work. So, so yeah, thing. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm somewhat sleep deprived. But did we mention how how you've been and how you ended up working with bands in, in Japan? Uh, I used to work for music exports. Okay, uh, helping helping the Finnish Finnish music companies and artists get overseas. So, so okay. I just got Japan was was like one of my tasks. So. I went, I went there with probably no experience about Japan. I, I had, of course, met a lot of lot of Japanese people at some international events, but still, when I, when I got there for the first time in 2008, it, it was like going to the future for me. It, it was like another world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a crazy place. I, I was in heaven because it's 
it's always been kind of my dream and uh, still like uh, after being there over 30 times i still 30 I love, times yeah you've been I, I just love the country yeah, so yeah. much it's it's like <laughs> what, but, but okay, i mean but, but uh, just of curiosity how, how did you end up in in uh, like music exports is it true the music side or the business management i was younger needed money so i <laughs> set up a band with friends and, and uh, after being in a band for some time i i just started to help help other bands and then ended up for did you ever go to japan with your own band no 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 it was all only in finland a couple times in sweden and denmark but right, okay but it was very local thing but so I, i didn't go to any 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 time to japan with my own own things but um then after been working for record labels for a few years then i just ended up for this music export office and Yeah, it, it opened the international doors for me. Yeah, oh, yeah, cool. I mean, yes, if if you're ever doing anything with artists, always offer to to handle the boring paperwork because uh, the artists usually need help with that. Yes, yes. <laughs> I think we can all relate to that. <laughs> I, I've studied cultural management for for a few years, so I'm familiar no. <laughs> with the concept. So, have you when you took your, so you started taking band? When was the first time you took back metal bands? Then, well, how long is you say you've taken fifty over what period of time? It was 2008. Right, so more than a decade. Yes. And have, and the night and so clearly you talk about Nightwish, who even I know, and I'm I'm not in any way a metal fan. Uh, quite the reverse, actually. Probably gonna offend shitloads of people here, but it's interesting you talk about their technical prowess because um, there was a band who I had some contact with recently, um, who I who and I just and they they were technically like the guitar playing was really really impressive. But the singer, like, and I'm like, why would you do that? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's I think that's quite a that's a quite particular genre, isn't it? Where you roar and like, <laughs> but I I just uh, I don't I don't I mean, are those sort of you talk about Nightwish, which are they're quite melodic, aren't they? And they sort of sing words that you can understand. But is is the is the is the band, the types of bands of the fifty have there been dramatic differences in sort of genre of music like? You get his people. Yeah, there was of, of course some harder, harder stuff, and um, I, I think the most memorable times for me have been with a couple bands who sing in Finnish. All right, cool. Who are pretty big in Finland, like Mokoma uh, Stamina, uh-huh. and and their roots are in like trash metal. And trash metal is yeah, 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 like very, very, very fast and really. Just shout that, that kind of uh, vocals. <laughs> how, am just, how am I doing with that? But but uh, yeah, you could try. <laughs> I mean, that, 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 yes. that imitation also requires that you burn churches. So I mean, you need to you need to stage <laughs> that pro- somehow. Burning churches. Yeah, that's, I mean, that, that's more of a Norwegian. Yeah. Is it? Well, they burn yeah. churches. Yes. <laughs> that's in Norway. But yes, that was indeed that was Norway. <laughs> is, that, yeah. is that like what they did that for the videos, or just for fun, or was that? Part? No, I mean they literally burned churches oh, they because they were they were like yeah. they were a bunch of batshit insane people in oh, the scene. Right. So yeah. Yes. Yeah, right, because it's yeah. just fucking Norwegians, man. Honestly, they got all the oil money they could possibly want, and they just like roar and burn churches. That's uh, yeah. So you didn't have any of that. You didn't have any. You had these two bands, and they 
yeah, that it was really, really nice to see that. Uh, of, of course, every, everybody was really like nervous that. Um, um, well, how can this? How can they play in front of a Japan Japanese crowd? The Japanese typically just don't speak very good English anyway, do they? In my experience. Yeah, well, well maybe, maybe generation. that's that's one of the issues that you know. Typically, not so many Japanese people they don't speak that, so that, them, that, that good in, English yeah. anyway. So it, maybe it doesn't matter if it's English or Finnish or whatever. But it also leads to another thing that. Um, there's been a big love for uh, Finnish language in Japan for this is for quite way. a long time. Yeah, that, yeah. that when you walk around in Tokyo, you see a lot, lot, of, a lot of places, you know, shop shops or restaurants yeah. called Kurku or yeah, Mina Perhonen yeah. or Lelulaatikko or whatever. So maybe that that's one one of the issues that they just fell fell in love with with, well, with the Finnish language. Do you know what, where that comes from? Because that is, I mean, that. I mean, maybe uh, there's a need to just be nerdy about very specific things because that, that's very one reason I, I could say as yeah. well. Yeah, because foreign languages. I mean, you can then, if, especially if you're a teenager, you have too much time on time on your hands, which the Japanese maybe don't have. But anyway, I mean, you can sit and like try to find translations of shit on the internet or something. Or uh, I don't know. It, it's a thing to obsess it's over. It's a thing, is it? I mean, I'm sh- just... I'm sure that's part of the charm for some people. What? But why Finland? Out of all the world's multitude of languages, what? There must be some reason that Japanese people. Wasn't uh, there some film or something? Um, there some yes, famous... yes, there was a film as well. But uh, but like uh, phonetically, our languages are quite similar. Oh, okay. Even Finnish and Japanese languages, they don't. They're not relatives at all. Like of officially. But when when you when you hear talking or you see some certain words, there, there's even some some same words in in, in, right, okay. in, in those two languages. So I cannot remember any examples right now, but but still, that they feel very familiar. Yeah, and, yeah. But it's it it. I think it feels like some kind of a fairy tale language yeah. for them because it's a bit similar. But looks crazily different. Yeah, yeah, and and they, I mean that's the thing, isn't it? People often talk about the similarities in culture between Japan and Finland. Uh, interesting. It's often the there's similar. Often people talk about similarities between the cultures in the UK and Japan as well. And the, I don't know how that sort of squares that triangle because I mean I suppose it's the island nation and being overly polite. But then it's interesting that the uh, yeah Japanese people seem to feel at home in Finland. I think I mean. What did you think that's like the design thing and the sort of aesthetics and the fact that, you know, that Finnish people are meant to be quite sort of introvert or I don't know. I mean, it seems like cliches. Uh, Yeah, there's there's a lot of cliches about this this relationship with it between the two countries. Is it just something that's contrived and something? I mean, is it? I I don't think anybody ever really found out like the one reason, but there's the the aesthetics really. and, And there's like the politeness. The shyness, yeah, <laughs> and and like being being somehow alone in in the world, <laughs> like a, Finland is, you know, you must know that Finland is kind of an island nation. It is a bit, yeah. I mean, as it, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. I mean, you definitely get a sense of Finland being an island nation. Yes, yes, and of course the nature. So all the images about the Finnish nature, they just go to the Japanese heart, really. Right. Okay. Well, that's interesting as well, because are there, I mean, I've only been to Tokyo, so I've never, I've traveled from the airport to Tokyo, so I saw the sort of countryside a little bit, but are there parts of Japan, they've got mountains and skiing, and stuff, yes, haven't they? A they've lot, got snow, but a have, they got, have they got forests, like pine trees? There's a lot of forests. And, what, and, pine and, forests? And, and there's even um, 
birches All right, okay. growing, but that's only on the mountain area. So, so I, I guess that like when when they when Japanese person sees a very cliche picture of uh, Finnish nature, like a lake and a bright white birches, maybe they feel that it's kind of a home, but but kind kind of a fairy tale land yeah, for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so you talked about the the bands, and of those um, of those have like any of them or many of them become like big in Japan. Well, not so big because um, not life changing. Uh, yeah, like like like, like you, you were talking about like um, these uh, tribes and how people want to be re- really unique there. Maybe that's the thing that um, it, it some bands can be really big in in tribes, uh-huh. but never really a mainstream. Right. Okay. And uh, in, in in music world, Japan is like a super local, uh-huh. which means that. Um, I don't know the official numbers right now, but maybe like at least ninety percent of the whole music market in Japan is local artists. The rest is Japanese artists. Yeah, J pop and J rock. So, <laughs> Love so, that so of course, like Rihanna and all, all the huge pop stars are, are selling uh, selling out arenas there and selling uh-huh. a lot of records. But but still, it's it's so much you know run by yeah. huge Japanese artists. And uh, notes the word records. Supposedly, they still buy like physical media. They they, they still do. Well, so, vinyl, so, CDs, CDs. CD. CD. <laughs> Showing still, my age yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was fun that um, I cannot remember. Was it last year or 2017 when Spotify finally opened in oh, in, 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 in Japan? No and, way. Uh, and I remember I had met like a um, Tokyo office of Spotify uh-huh. already like five six years ago. In, in Japan, but it took them like took many, many years, years to op- open up their business. We got, wow. we got. But partially, certainly because of the like uh, changing business model. And then supposedly people really like, they want to hoard physical stuff, which is weird for a country where you don't have a lot of living space, but maybe that's, uh, that adds like some sort of charm to it. Uh, but But supposedly, I mean, the... I mean, I've heard this conspiracy theory that Sony left out CD audio compatibility from the PlayStation 4 to try and push the Japanese people into music streaming finally, like like four or five years ago now. And I mean, I don't know if, if this is true, but it's, it's weird that you have a thing that plays optical media that doesn't play CDs that's very specific. But, but I, I've heard that like it's uh, many, around many places in the industry, people are trying to sort of figure out how to make streaming a thing in Japan. What, has Sony got a streaming service? I suppose I mean the Sony does everything only in a shitty way. You know, it's their the shitty version of Apple. <laughs> Take that! Sony. I mean, <laughs> Sony is a shitty version of Apple, so they do everything. Happily, uh, Sony not a client. Yes, <laughs> and never uh, to be one. I, I mean, Sony does good stuff, but I mean the, the software has never been like super impressive. Right, okay, yeah. yeah, but there's like two very common reasons for. Japan staying physical in in music is that uh, like like you said, all, all the fans they will really want to have the physical product. They they love to look so at look at the lyrics and go thing. go through go through the photos and and stuff. And there's like always really nice looking Japanese editions of, of every record. Right, so they make the yep. CDs look fancy. Yes. And I know another reason is that uh, the business 
just wanted to keep their business model what has been the model for right, decades. Okay. So the that that's the other side of the coin in Japan that they don't usually want to change too much. So they're more they're quite traditionalist, even in things that are more considering more for cutting edge like music. Yes, yeah. I mean they still use fax machines like in Japan for every, basically so everything no, I mean, not, not necessarily if you I mean there's a whole like scene like around e-commerce in Japan with fax machines because if you if you order order food like you order lunch to an office yeah supposedly it's like in in in, uh, in their like written language it's very easy to, to jot down a fax uh, or like jot down something on a paper and have it faxed and it's it's very very efficient and nobody well, has really wanted to replace it I mean, in the late 90s when I was working in publishing and basically to, before I'd signed a deal I'd need written confirmation from a fax machine I'm literally standing next to the fax so I mean I don't know how, how faxes are never as efficient as I can't see how you could. That, 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 uh, I mean, uh, me neither. But, but this is what I mean. This might have been like five years ago so, when I read an article about this. So this might be changing. But it's still, if if you if you've got a working population who's used to sending faxes and you know send a fax, receive lunch, then I guess it's it's a that's what, well, yeah. Thing. I mean, that's one of the reasons I love where I love going to Japan because it, on the one hand, it seems quite sort of like similar it's quite westernized but on the other hand it's just totally fucking weird it's like everything is just and that's why you said when you said you first went there it felt like going to like going to the future to me it felt like going to another planet which seems like a bit of a cliche as well but it was just it was just very it was everything was and I love that's what I love about travelling of course when you go to a place you know it's been to beforehand things are always different but the thing about Japan is it's like in so many ways it seems similar but then it's weird. They just, yeah, it's just like, yeah. I mean, it's an isolated market in so many, so many aspects. I mean, and you, you may, I mean, I think we mentioned immigration, and I mean, it's very hard to to sort of, to my understanding, to get any sort of hold of Japanese society yeah, as think, a foreigner. And uh, well, I, was, I remember when I was there. There were Korean. I was can't remember. I spoke to someone was telling me how there'd been Koreans who were born there. They still don't get citizenship. Sweet. And uh, I was really surprised, actually, when I was there with my very blonde family that we didn't attract more attention. But we didn't. I mean, I was surprised two things. Is that I mean, I was staying in a like a part of, I can't remember where I was staying. Do you remember where I was staying? No. <laughs> <laughs> I so was didn't not come there. with me, but I have discussed it with beforehand. <laughs> but uh, it was quite a cool part of Tokyo, apparently. And it was really nice. And it, there, there's, there's a lot of cool parts. Yeah, it was massive, isn't it? So but, would it have been like Shibuya? I need, I need Anna here. I, don't, I, yeah. think, I think you were in Harajuku. I don't know. It's like a place that's got a market and stuff. And it's a bit like Camden of like... I, mean, I can't remember, but like it was cool, and uh, and they, I didn't expect, and there weren't hardly, literally hardly any foreigners. But even when I went into the town, there were hardly any. If you compare and contrast something like London, and there was a few Australians, but it was very much you go on the subway, it was just like uniformly J- Japanese. And I was really surprised by that, um, and I was really surprised even more was that we just attracted we, we ourselves attracted no attention. They just basically well, it's totally impolite to stare. Well, there is that, but I don't know. I mean, I spoke to an American, the person who we got a place. Heart, I rented an apartment from an American, a Japanese woman who married an American bloke, and she he said that like ten years beforehand, if we'd have walked through there with our blonde kids, everyone would have stared. Yeah, you're, you're so right that uh, um, this uh, last ten, eleven years I've been there, the number of tourists and maybe the foreigners living there it has grown up so much. Right. Okay. It's well, easy. well, still, still, if you go there like for the first time now. You you can still feel that there's not too many yeah yeah uh, foreigners there, but but still like compared to like 2008, 
I, I would say that maybe the number has doubled at that or something like that. I don't know the officials, but still, uh, you know, one reason is, of course, the Olympics next year. Oh, the Olympics? So, oh, yeah, yeah it's true. Yes, yeah, yeah, Tokyo 2020, that's a huge, huge thing. And, um, you know, literally, the, like the Shibuya area, it's been remake, remade in the in the last three, four, four or five years. Is that the place with the famous crossing? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, so they're building there. up so many new new hotels there and new 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 Olympic stadiums and um, so they're probably going to gentrify the whole place and ruin it culturally. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, well, maybe maybe not. Uh, it's, uh, maybe that's impossible to do in in, in that big city. But but still, that uh, the official Japan is is um, trying to get ready to get even mm. more tourists there. Okay. So like. Um, Ten years ago, there was not too many signs in metro yeah, in yeah. English language. But these these days, when you look at the metro map, you can really find your way. Yeah, the metro map's quite intense, isn't it? it it's it's, it's like, it, that's a real spider web. But 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 still, that uh, the official Japan is putting much much efforts for making it more easy yeah, for, for yeah. foreigners. Because it was like, um, and we we had our, our apps to try and translate stuff, which are utterly useless. <laughs> and then, the stuff I bought from the supermarket, I was like, you just, I mean, it was fun. It was like, you'd walk around, you had literally no idea what you're buying. But yeah, it was not an easy place, uh, just in terms of like, yeah, the signage and no one speaking English, but I mean, that did make it more challenging. But it's interesting, I never really thought about the Tokyo games. And, uh, but getting back to the original point of the actual, we were talking about the Moomin thing, we just, um, what do you think, why do you think, I mean, based upon your experience, why do you think Moomin is such a massive deal there? I mean, I think in your fine book, <laughs> you, you, you're, you're writing, <laughs> you you're, writing you're writing about the the animation series in, yeah, in, in, were, in early seventy, early 70s. And uh, I've heard from my couple of Japanese friends that uh, when it came out in in seventies, it was almost like it it was on on one of the two main TV channels uh -huh. in Japan. So literally, it like ev every Japanese home was watching that, and um, everybody who's born in seventies has has seen it when they were adults or kids, and of course there's been reruns all, all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But it's that certain generation right, who, okay, who has been ones. kind of growing up with it. That's crazy because I watched the Japanese. And I don't know if this is true, but I read, I don't think it might have been in the book, so it doesn't in any way mean it is true. <laughs> but <laughs> that, well, there was some research I did, I'm sure I read somewhere, that the Jap the one that I watched, the Japanese version, I was it was very dark. I mean, literally it was dark. It felt dark. The actual, the cartoon felt like dark. Not like, you know, actually, So supposedly there are like, in, in the, the version of the uh, series that was shown in Finland in the 90s, like several episodes where cut from the like no but I don't mean dark airing. in terms of storyline I mean literally light like and dark just, as in on telly yeah and, you, so and the visuals the visuals were dark and okay. there's a story I heard that they sent the wrong gradient of what the fuck <laughs> Jesus okay let's okay 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 um, and this is Thomas. Um, sorry, uh, you haven't accidentally tuned into some weird ASMR channel on YouTube. Sorry, that's uh, that's not the kind of content we provide. But as will become self-evident, there was a technical fuck-up with our very fine Japanese Zoom recorder, which failed us for the first time. And uh, there won't be a weird rant from Joel about, um, I don't know, color correction for made-for-TV cartoons.
so I guess you get what you pay for. Here's the rest of the show. All right, we're recording again. Okay, we're back. We had a bit of a technical failure just as I was about to rant about yes. um, how scary Moomin is and how dark it is and how fatty fat you, it so is. You, you basically had no idea what, what we actually got on there. But, but okay, so you 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 were creeped the fuck out by I the Moomin I was creeped Moomin the fuck Museum. out by Moomin the series, by the those, fucky, those okay. hatty fattener things, those like weird floppy white things. Yes. And to be fair, I'm actually still a bit creeped out by those. Yes. But I don't know what role, as I say, my I've never, I've read maybe like the first couple of chapters of a book. I wasn't gripped and i'm a sort of person who reads a book and if the first two chapters don't grip me i'm like that's it i'm not you're not having my you you don't this is um, you've not you've not gained my attention quick enough so i'm not interested in carrying on but as i understand it from the part of the segment of our podcast that we sadly didn't record thomas uh maybe you can share your recommendations yes, I, mean, I, have, I have a couple of recommendations for, for anyone wanting to look in well well get familiar with the thing i would especially recommend uh, one of the early picture books by Tove Jansson, who will come for Tuffel, originally Vem Skatrösta Knut, that was uh, in, in Swedish. And who does come for Tuffel? Or does that give it away? Uh, no, no, no spoilers. But, but it, it's it's about like finding yourself socially and like, okay, cool. uh, yeah, like sort of, uh, yeah, just maybe growing up a bit and taking responsibility for others. Then there's also, I mean, the other, like the, the novels, of those, I also like uh, the ones like describing other like uh, outsidersness or um, uh, it's, alienated uh, alienate alienation. Maybe I mean the Moominland um, Midwinter. It's about like waking up when all the other trolls are hibernating over the winter and going outside. That never the happens world, to me. I always wake up last. <laughs> basically, waking up in an upside down world right, where okay. nothing works as as you expect. Yeah. And that's a that's a that's a fun, very fine book for anyone to read. Then then there's Moomin Papa at Sea, which is the like uh, penultimate book next. Uh-huh. Like, it's about like the the booming trolls going out to sea. They find an old lighthouse and they they camp out there and they sort of all go through very sort of deep emotional stuff. Apocalypse it, now, is it? It, 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 it almost sounds like like the like a trip you take before you before a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's uh, it's. Yeah. Uh, it's um, that sounds quite dark. It's though. really good writing, and it, it's also fairly ma- mature writing intended for like mature audiences. Right. Okay. And I think what any stage anyone, of Tove Janssen's life was that? Was it uh, that was at the well, I Did think she carry uh, on towards, uh, until she like? No, I think she got she, she grew kind of tired of of the movements. I guess that she also she was also an, an a promising artist. like visual artist, yeah, and yeah. people people supposedly very much looked down on her commercial success. Well, in, that's in, often in the, the way, yes. isn't Well, it? that is typical for art scenes, but that is, that's, that is what I remember of, of the whole thing. But but supposedly she she got a bit tired of the whole... Well, life. you've written 12 books, I can imagine. I mean, like, are there, people are asking me if there's going to be a third Very Finished Problems, and I must admit, <laughs> Christ. I must admit, I'm a little bit reticent. There's only so many different ways you can moan about the weather. Yeah, but if we talk more about the Moomin Papa and the sea... Mm. Um, it leads to another huge topic that, that's the, um, all the movement stuff that's out there in, in, in the world crazy and, uh, and the, the really fine f- f- Finnish uh, uh, fashion brand Magia they just did a really nice menswear clothing oh. line uh, well, based la- on last fall based on the Moomin Papa and the Sea 
No, we, wait, we sell what, some what? beautiful, beautiful items for men. <laughs> so what? Not sure because the movies don't really wear clothes, do they? So is it print? Is it like prints of the That's illustration? Really, really, yeah, really nice small illustrations so on, on the clothes. Yeah. Well, in the same way that Finlayson did the uh, Tom of Finland on their sheets. No, is it? this is much, much more subtle. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really, uh, that was a huge hit. They sold out every, everything. In so this, one, this would be something like the like uh, Valilla drapes from five years ago, where they just apply like visual elements in a fun, fun way on on articles of clothing or a bit like that. It's yeah. hard to <laughs> describe that on on a podcast. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, but would you wear them? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. yeah those, Thomas. Those, those, I mean, those uh, are really stylish. Yeah, another thing we just lost on our, our our little like thing that didn't get recorded was like, my me pointing out how how like visually distinct some of Tuviansons like. Uh, I like thought her, her, I her thought illustrations. Her, I are. thought she didn't draw them. I thought it was her brother. Uh, yeah, she didn't draw the cartoons. Right. Okay. So there's all a, the like what you call them the 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 the, com- the, co- the comics. Sorry, she right, didn't okay. draw them. Her, her brother learned to to draw that part of it well he copied her yes basically right, he copied, her, copied her style and made a like a fairly success, successful series of comics well after she died mm, uh, no actually I don't think so because she died like in the 90s late 90s right, okay. 2001 or something so so that, that was all, all done by then uh, but, but for example the book I mentioned uh, who will comfort Tuffle or whatever uh, it's it has a very uh distinct way to illustrate the Finnish archipelago and it reflects like Tuviansson's own love of, of the Finnish archipelago and she also lived out in the Sipo. In a hut on her own with her, with her lover, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah. That sounds like either either beautiful and very romantic or a recipe for insanity, doesn't it? Depending <laughs> yes. on where you sit on exactly. like isolation. Yes, exactly, isolation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a summer thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's probably very wise. Yeah. But that merchandising, you're talking about like, yeah, that, br- I mean, there are, I mean, uh, Kathleen who, works with us has uh just talking about how she she discovered that one of the moomin mugs she has is worth like 150 euros are ridiculous uh-huh. and uh i mean it seems to be the case you stick moomin on anything bang it's just and that's why as i understand it we did some work with moomin a while back and it's one of the biggest it's one of the, mer- the biggest merch the biggest merchandising brand in finland i think in terms of like actual revenue for just merely putting moomin on stuff yes that, that that's true the the whole turnover of the of all these moving things around the world, that's massive. It's hundreds of millions in, in 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 total, but but still, in every interview, the moving characters who are the main copyright owners, they are always saying that they are saying much more. Much many more times no than, than, than yes. Well, that's the impression I get. So I understand it if I remember rightly. It was the the daughter of her brother who is now yes. in charge of the company yes and uh Sophia, yeah, so. yeah exactly and they're very strict about who they and it's strange they're very strict about who they allow the images to be used yes. by but this is still everywhere so it just shows how they must be inundated with with offers yes that's right um, that's right but you were mentioning uh, earlier before we came on air, sounds very professional, <laughs> before we came on air about a park in uh, is it Tokyo? Yeah, it's it's gonna be in a, in a small town called Hanno, which which is like a one one hour train ride uh-huh. or car drive from from Tokyo, and which will be opened in in mid March, so one month away from the moment when we are talking here in wow. in, in, in Helsinki, and uh, 
I, I been there. I, I was there in, in last November uh-huh. and got like a. I got a tour. Of like that. I got a small small tour, and it was almost almost ready by that time. And um, they have really high expectations for, for for the success of the park that they were expecting to have some two million annual that's, visitors that's there. And it's it's a it's by a really beautiful t- tiny lake, and uh-huh. there's a lot of forest there. Yeah. So it it really so it looks, looks is a sort of it looks it's it's got a kind of a Finnish feeling or yeah. at least a Moomin feeling, and it's it's different than than the Nantali Moomin Valley here Moomin Park here in in Finland, which is located on on a small island, but but still I I, I think the all the houses and buildings what I saw there they looked perfectly done and it's so how does it compare in terms of scale and size to the Nantali one is it. Um, maybe it's not allowed for me to say, <laughs> <But> <laughs> say I mean, such a technical things, but it, it's quite big. And there's bigger. also, you think it's bigger? I, I, can, I cannot compare, but but there is also another another part of the park that's called Metsä, uh-huh. and like me, Metsä means forest. Yeah. Look at me, dazzling yes, with my Finnish yes. skills. Thank you very much. So, so there's kind of a two sides that uh, first you enter this Metsä park. Yeah. That gives you good image of the Nordic lifestyle, right? So that's more generic about that, how that's far more more Nordic. generic that there's shops selling, selling. huge huge piles of very fish problems books oh, everywhere. Could, could be, could be. <laughs> so so there there's a restaurants, there's there's cafes, there's shops selling nice uh, Nordic lifestyle items and Nordic food. All right, okay. Uh, Is it specifically you say, not just just Finland but Nordic in general? Uh, Nordic, 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 Nordic in general. Even those Norwegian church burners. Uh, no, 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 that, not that part. <laughs> and then when you go to the other side of the lake you come to the Moomin Valley Park. Right, okay. So it's a place where you can really spend a whole day and okay, cool. That's get, really get that nice Nordic feeling and yeah, yeah. away from the really busy metropolitan life. Yeah, that's interesting because uh, we've been talking to my children about going to, that's like their all-time favorite location is Tokyo. And a lot. one of the reasons I think is, there's many reasons, but I think certainly the idea, you talk about this guai thing, about the cuteness of it's like basically cutifying everything, isn't it? Yes. And the fact that that for them it was reflecting the fact there are literally these like toy bubble, these bubble toy machines on every corner, yeah. where they could just get toys literally every other block. And uh, one of the reasons that we're not gone so far is because uh, my daughter is keen to wait until they build the new Totoro Park. Yes. But I don't think she's familiar. Doesn't I don't think she's aware there's a Moomin Park opening in March. So maybe we could we could uh, we could go earlier. But how how um, would that compare two million? I don't know. Have you got any idea how that would compare to something like Disneyland? Is that? It's not as big as Disneyland. Uh, I can't remember the numbers of Disneyland in in, in Tokyo, but the, which I also went to. Which I'm oh, really, you went there? Yeah, wow. I went there. Yeah. I thought I'm never, like a nightmare. Man, yeah. I thought it would be exactly the same. Yeah. But I I, I think it, it must be it's like the 10 million visitors well, a, a I, year or something, but but still, I, I think 2 million, that's quite a lot. It, it's not massive, it's it, it's not it's like shit. super mainstream, but, still, but, but yeah. still a lot, and it's a big business. Yeah, one reason, just to go back to the Disneyland Tokyo, one of the reasons I loved it, actually, was I went there on Halloween. Was it Halloween? Yeah, and the, the Disneyland typically never allow, let, suddenly, apparently they don't let you dress up normally, but on that occasion, they did let people dress up as long as you dressed up as a Disney character. And the whole place... They were lit, lit, you know how Japanese love dressing up. The whole place was full of like people really gone to town with. So there were like literally thousands of people in like costume. So that really added to it. Well, I also cosplay went. Cosplay is a thing. The cosplay, absolutely. Yeah. I also went to the Hello Kitty Land. 
twice. Oh, wow. <laughs> I went twice <laughs> in the same holiday. So that was uh, fucking crazy. I have man. to ask, what, what was the experience I, of like a Disneyland? Like, uh, was it I, a lot of queuing? No, it wasn't actually because we, as as was the case with everything we do, we were slightly we were a bit late because uh, <laughs> so we arrived quite late. In the, we arrived sort of mid afternoon. And there were some quite long queues, but it wasn't like in, it wasn't like I understand what it's like in the states where you queue for like two hours. Yeah, and it was just the whole vibe. And there's amazing, like, um, like this, like, um, like March, not March. What was it like a carnival thing where a parade? An amazing parade, an amazing fireworks display, and it was yeah, and everyone was dressed up, so it was cool. And also, but before that, I went to this this Hello Kitty Land, which is not called Hello Kitty Land. It's called is it Seguro? I don't know. It's like a, it's a name of a cartoon thing, and that was crazy as well. I had a pink burger there. Wow! <laughs> Everything was pink. So I mean, yeah, I'm hate. Typically, I don't like that sort of thing, but I I got but really really into it, both of yeah, them. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of uh, I've I've never been to these type of types of establishments, but I, I don't. I don't find it very very appealing. Basically, uh, based on descriptions on. Uh, descriptions of uh, the like Disney World and stuff where you have like the whole architecture of the place is built to deceive you into going and standing in line for hours yeah, where they sort of hide the large larger part yeah, of the I, line yeah I was waiting for big queues but I wouldn't I'm, I don't really I'm not really into rides particularly I did go on some kind of cool Star Wars one but the only thing that was disappointing about Disney was the fact you know the Magic Kingdom the castle is actually a lot smaller than you think you walk in it looks huge but then you get there you realize it's an optical illusion and they've just made it look big so the closer you get there it's actually quite small but other than that yeah I was I was totally sold on uh, speaking of which I think uh, Tove Jansson she actually denied an offer from Disney yeah I'm not at all surprised if I remember correctly uh, talking about denying offers from Disney was it Disney who offered to do Mary Poppins did Mary, Disney do Mary Poppins I think so. I think, yeah, the person who wrote Mary Poppins, an Australian author who I can't remember, she fucking hated that movie. And I watched Mary Poppins over Christmas. I've, I love musicals, as you know, but I've never actually watched the full Mary Poppins. And I was really disappointed. The songs are brilliant, but it's just, there's no real, there's just no real plot, actually. And I can see why the author. We're taking a massive tangent here, haven't we? Got to Mary Poppins. Yes. But should we get to the part where we sort of wrap up stuff and make some recommendations? Yeah, absolutely. We should. Uh, we should, should we just talk about stamps quickly. You mentioned that there was. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, they talked about merchandise. Yeah, so there's so many funny issues about um, big movie love in, in Japan. <laughs> One nice example was that uh, last last year, the Mail in Japan launched a movie in stamps. And apparently they sold at least 50 million <laughs> copies of <laughs> those funny. those stamps. So that's just a one one like a practical level <laughs> example of the of the Japanese love for movements. That's crazy. That so, is being big in Japan. So if you if to have for top tips for companies wanting to break out, break into Japan, it's just put movement on your ship, basically. Just like <laughs> Well, that that's one thing. And, uh, and a lot, lot, lot of Finnish brands, uh, either they are food brands or clothing or whatever. That they they've been they've been using movement as, 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 as their tool. I really have been doing that then. So that's... Oh yeah, oh yeah, and a lot, a lot of them are doing good business with that. Wow! And um, of course, if somebody's planning to visit visit uh, Japan, maybe this this summer, I would definitely recommend that there will be a huge movement exhibition at the Mori Museum in in Tokyo, starting I guess mid mid April. 
And Mori Museum, that's a really unique place. It's in on the top of Roppongi Hills. Skyscraper, what is like a oh, I have 52 been there. floor yeah, building. Yeah, it's insanely Yeah, I've been last time I went when I went there, it had like a uh, an exhibition of uh those mu- movies they made with like like dragons and shit in like you know, they sort of like where they dressed up in I can't remember there's a name for them, I can't totally can't remember. Sort of like uh, they dressed up as like different monsters, monster sort of monster, Japanese monster movies. Where Godzilla. They, where they get, uh, Godzilla. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Godzilla. So oh. right there, is it? That's interesting. Yeah, that's a wicked place. That is yeah, a cool, yeah. cool location. All right then, um, Gerald. Do you have any recommendations? For uh, us? Yeah, because typically I forgot to tell you we have recommendations at the end of the podcast. So anything, anything, it can be anything, anything cool you've seen, listened to, or enjoyed during the past year or so. Yeah, I mean, I actually have one from yesterday, which is, I mean, probably loads of people have had have probably uh, probably seen this already. But actually, as I mentioned before, I'm a massive fan of musicals, and my daughter was ill yesterday, so whilst working on the sofa, I watched about 15 films, and one of those was Sound of Music. Whoa! (laughs) And I I love I love the songs in Sound of Music, but I've never seen the whole film, and it's actually a great movie it's like a lot more dramatic uh, especially at the end and it's like yeah I would absolutely if you've never seen Sound of Music I know it's been around for some time I mean I, would, I remember seeing have it have you seen it yes I've seen the movie once or twice I don't I don't like musicals but I think I mean I like good movies and yeah I, it's, I a great movie. it's a great movie that's a great movie that just happens to have singing in it and yeah. um you know, it's a feel good to start with. It gets a bit darker when the Nazis turn up. And yeah, I like, I'm actually quite on the, the edge, of, edge of my seat a little bit towards the end there. So yeah, sound of music, great songs, great story. Julia, Julia Andrews, what more could you ask for? Great scenery. I, that's a little bit, probably 60 years too late I'm recommending this. It's probably out in like some really good like remaster. Exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. Looks fabulous probably. Yeah, so that's my recommendation. I've also got suddenly got addicted to clips of Kitchen Nightmares on YouTube which I don't know why I go for these weird addictions to like sort of, sort of like little things on YouTube and suddenly YouTube's been feeding me Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay and they're only like <laughs> oh, five God. minute clips of him going into restaurants and saying your food shit but what has really opened my eyes is how shit so many kitchens are and how the way they operate and Gordon Ramsay is very entertaining to watch so yeah Kitchen Nightmare clips on YouTube and and Sound of Music this is exactly why people for, tune in this is why I've got such a dedication a very good example so people get, <laughs> get an idea and as for myself um, I, I normally recommend a podcast because I think people should listen to podcasts and uh, there's one called called The End of the World with Josh Clark which is, go lucky tile, isn't which, is a, which is what it sounds like uh, it's, it's a description of like ways in all- which humanity or it could destroy the earth or oh, vice versa. Fucking hell, bro. And, but hey, my language. here's the thing. It's it's extremely well produced. The the narrator, who's apparently has done another podcast, he's an extremely soothing voice, has a sort of cinematic like uh, audio production feel to it. Yeah, right, it's, okay. it's, so it's very is it him good. narrating his is there a narration of like yeah, it's not an interview or anything. No, it's not interviews, it's it's uh, the, but there might be clips of interviews or anything, but but or something, but but it's like very soothing and very worth, much worth listening soothing to soothing voice and but through the unsoothing no, topic it's, it's interesting like they, they, okay, you know, he discusses things like the like Fermi paradox of like uh, how, how it's actually likely that there are maybe not that much life in 
in the universe. Oh, that's interesting. Because I watched I a thing with uh, Joe Rogan with the famed uh, what's his name Cox. The um, yeah. and he was so, uh, Joe Rogan. Have you tried DMT, bro? <laughs> uh, no, but he was interviewing the um, the. Oh, what's the bloke, the UK's sort of astrophysicist bloke who's used to be in a band, used to be in like Stone Rose or something. Oh, in Spiral, I'm totally... Anyway, they were discussing the fact that there is, how likely life is in the universe. And like, literally there are billions of galaxies. And even if only one, even if there's only one civilization in each galaxy, there'd be hundreds of billions of civilizations. So I mean, there are, I'm more like, inclined to that. There are many, many like many theories. theories on this. And what's that got to do with the end of the world then? Sorry? What's that got to do with the end of the world? He's the theory about I mean, no it's, it's like uh, life may be much more unique than we think. Right, okay. And so that's, that we more precious, uh, we shouldn't uh, fuck stuff up. Mm, yes, maybe. But but that's just one of the things being discussed. Uh, there are other risks like AI, like uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, getting out of hand. That's That also is discussed here. But then there's another other recommendation I have, which is this TV series, Kidding. Uh, starring Jim Carrey from Last Fall, the, f the first season of that, where they take, I mean, Jim Carrey does one type of role and sometimes they use him very well, like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind yeah. and what was the, the way the uh, Truman Show, for example. Yeah, yeah. No, it, no, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Eternal Sunshine was him, yeah. Well, what, what was is it him? him? Was it him? Was it him? Yeah, yes, 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 him, yes, 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 that was him. That's a great movie. And, and uh, yeah, well, he does one type of character really well, and they really, really run, run with it. It's, he's, he's playing a, a um, beloved American, like, children's television show host uh -huh. who everybody knows, and the series open with, opens with, like, a mock interview on Conan O'Brien's show. Oh, right, okay. They introduce the character, and he sings a song that everyone knows, uh -huh. and, and then... As the season progresses, you get to know that he's a very, very sad person. Oh. And then just a year before the, the events of the show, his, one of his uh, twin sons died in a oh, car accident. twisting the and, knife. And he's, and he's basically, he's basically he's broken, losing his fucking mind. And at the end of the first season, we don't know if he's going to turn into a serial killer. That's, 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 <laughs> that goes it's, dark. It's extremely dark and it's extremely, yeah. he has very good dialogue. Right, and, and okay, okay. Like fantastic actors like Catherine okay. Keener. So just yeah. to recap then, you've got one podcast about the end of the world and one TV series about a kiddie show host turning into a serial yes, killer. But, but, Thank but, you but for both, that. But both are very good and very deep and okay, kind cool. of heartwarming as right. always. <laughs> Anything to lighten the mood there for us, Sammy? <laughs> oh yeah, about, about the TV series. I, I think I've had a very common problem that I've kind of used... All, all the good series from Netflix. Gone. So, so, so one one thing that I, I found out from Netflix that I hadn't seen was was Sons of Anarchy. All right. Mm. Okay. You know about it's, it's about this mo 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 motorcycle gang. No, it's about mo motorcycle gang in in the US. All right. Cool. And and that's very violent and very nasty. But but like in movies, there's like very two sides of the coin. Right, but but that? at the same time, it's it's so much about family life uh -huh. and and love and being loyal to your brothers yeah. <laughs> and uh, so but still it's super violent and it's a, it's a drama it's not a, not it's, a it's a it's a drama it's a drama but it's it's beautiful and now i'm running the season two uh -huh. that's including the old uh, uh, 
punk rock icon Henry Rollins. All right, no way. Well, Straight uh, edge man. Acting, acting as uh, like a white power gangster. <laughs> I can imagine that's, totally. Yeah. I could totally be perfect for that. But, but that's that's my recommendation, yeah. So right, Sons cool. of Anarchy on, on Netflix and um, like you you guys, you had your second recommendation. My, my second recommendation is very uh, boring and political, <laughs> but talking about uh, Japan, I think easy easy way to follow what's going on in Japan uh-huh. is Japan Times web, right. website. It, it's all all in English, and, and there's a lot of like domestic issues that you you would never see in in any other news news medias. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, right? Like like the funny thing was that um, last week there was the premiere of the, of the next generation Shinkansen train, the the, well, the, bullet the, train. the fastest bullet train that's wow. that's running like in three hundred sixty kilometers an hour. <laughs> it was a beautiful story. <laughs> so JapanTimes.co.jp. Okay. Right, that's cool. my yeah, recommendation that's to follow actually. life in Japan. Okay, nice. That's actually a very actionable and useful recommendation. Yeah, I'm like, I'm the like of the show, yeah. which we, we, we usually don't follow <laughs> yeah, that closely. Normally, yeah, that, absolutely. But and anyway, uh, we should be buttoning things up. Yeah, that's an eclectic and, uh, mix of recommendations. So yeah, thank you, Sami, for for coming right, coming over. Thank you. And uh, yes, yeah, so, I mean, if any any companies need to be get get into Japan, then you're clearly the man to speak to. Where your advice would be to put movement on stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, thanks everyone for listening. And who knows when our next one will be? Hopefully, sometime before about like, 2020. So we're going to be a bit more productive, aren't we? Are we, we? Can do it the Olympics. So. Olympics is. An Olympics uh, issue, because we're such yeah, kids sportsmen. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's that's <laughs> that's right. Alrighty then. Yeah. So uh, thanks, for, thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon. Yes. You've been listening to the Very Finish Problems podcast. Please send any feedback to veryfinishproblems@inktank.fi. This program is published by Inktank Media and produced by Thomas Newberry. Inktank Media is a digital marketing and communications agency which specializes in copywriting, storytelling and social media. Find out more on our website inktankmedia.fi. While this podcast isn't an advertisement, we do occasionally interview representatives of companies we have a business relationship with. Thanks again for listening. Hi. It's uh, Thomas again. Just one more thing before we go. And uh, still, totally not ASMR. We didn't get to our guest Sammy's long experience with the music industry on the show. But if you're a sucker for, um, let's say, quirky Indish guitar rock, you should totally check out his whole band, Karki Automati. They split up in 98, so it's ancient history but they're a Finnish classic Karki Automati is Finnish for candy wending machine and yes you should look for links to Spotify and more in the show notes on veryfinnishproblems.com I particularly like Karki Automati's last album Sodelmilla it's a it's a fun experimental direction for previously punky band and uh, that's uh, that's all now going peace don't vote for nazis and uh, the quotes the late george carlin 
May the forces of evil become confused on their way to your house.